Hi, thank you for tuning in to Season 1, Episode 6 of the Cooper Lydon is Alone podcast. It's really an honor to be joined by nobody. Once again, it's uh, just going to me on the podcast. Drake is a pedophile. Drake is obviously a pedophile. He's obviously been a pedophile for so long, and the only reason that he hasn't been brought to justice is because he makes people a lot of money still. Still making people a lot of money. But recently, put out an album where he was very rude to Megan Thee Stallion for uh, really no reason at all. He made fun of her getting shot. He said she's... I think he, I think he said that she got shot, but she's doing it for clout, which is such just a random attack on somebody to think that somebody... How do you get shot for clout? Because she wasn't shot by a random person. She was shot by Tory Lanes. She was shot by another famous person. As if this was all set up. It just got her some support, for sure, from regular people. But also a lot of hate from people on the internet that see someone get shot and they're like... These female rappers. It's like, you really gotta... You, you, you know... I don't love a blanket statement, but I think it's pretty obvious that if you're getting mad at a lady after she gets shot, after not getting physical with anybody, I don't even know if there's an argument. If you're going to get mad at her, you're probably just, uh, you probably need to talk to your mom. You should probably talk to your mom. I think Drake should talk to his mom. Unless she's dead. I don't know. I don't keep up on Drake. But yeah, he made that album with 21 Savage. He also called out Ice Spice, who's known as one of the new shittiest rappers. I guess that is also, I would say, shitty by everybody. As far as I can tell, nobody is like, no, you guys are just being a dick to her. As far as I can tell, everybody's like, she's pretty bad. She's pretty bad. She's not so good. He called her out, which is weird to be like the top-selling recording artist in the world but then be going after a new musician who's making a lot of money, but presumably won't make as much money as you because of the level of success you have is met by few. It's funny because Drake is like trying to, he he's always tried to act tough. Drake's always tried to act tough, but like then on his new album, instead of like going after Pusha T, who like made fun of his own child, he's like, "I'm gonna talk some shit about these these women that uh, I've probably met, at least Megan Thee Stallion. He's most of them met her, and have, uh, as far as I know, not done anything to me. That's gonna be my move to look tough. I mean, Drake really looks like a guy that would act really tough and then get punched and then immediately have his arms like that. You know what I mean? He'd be like, "What?" and then it's like. Ugh! You know, like, go back. He probably has the most security of any rapper. I'd say that Drake probably has to have the most security of any rapper. I think Megan the Stallion should fight Drake. I think that would honestly be like an open and shut case for Meg. She has to be taller than him. I mean, Megan is, like, built like a, an Olympic athlete. I would love to see her run... A 40, you know what I mean? Just dominate on a hockey rink. Just miracle on ice it, you know what I mean? Just shoulder-checking Russians. I don't think Drake would stand a chance. You know? Once he'd see her take her heels off, he'd be like, all right. All right. Maybe a good grappler, too. If I was making the stallion, I would challenge Drake to a fight. Because that's a really hard one to lose. I mean, to win as a dude, because she's like, oh, fight me. Then he's like, no, I'm not going to fight you. She'd be like, oh, you're afraid of losing to a girl. You know, that's what I thought. And then if he fights her and wins, then he's a dick. But the thing is, I don't think he has that good of a chance of winning. I think if they fight, 
and it, it goes past three rounds. Which, honestly, I doubt. I could really see Megan just coming out and just dropping Drake. Because I don't think Drake knows how to fight. He was on Degrassi. Anybody that was famous that young has no idea how to fight. There is no way that Drake knows how to. Drake had catering since he was, like, 12. There is no way that he has ever really had to fight. And he's from Canada. So it's like, what situations was Drake ever in where he had to fight? I don't know anything about Megan Thee Stallion's life, but I do know that she wasn't on Degrassi, which I think gives her the upper hand in the fight. I'm surprised 21 Savage made the album with Drake. I'm surprised that they like each other at all. Because 21 Savage, his whole group is called Slaughter Gang. Like, when he started, if you weren't there for it, 21 Savage's debut was so funny because the rappers that he was around that were kind of part of the the upcoming class, you know, like the 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 XL freshman class that that magazine or whatever. He was with like Lil Uzi, who's like a small colorful guy, like fun hair, fun clothes that likes to dance and his songs are very you know, even if the lyrics are kind of negative, they're pretty upbeat, you know. Then he has Lil Yachty, who is like a, he has the energy of like a three-year-old holding a big lollipop, like just the nicest guy you've ever seen, bright red hair, cold like Minnesota, like not threatening music at all. And even when he talks about like doing like a drug deal or being aggressive, it's always like, no, you don't. But then maybe he does, and that's even scarier, is them two. Then you had Kodak Black, who was... I mean, obviously involved in crime, who turned out to be the most evil, who ended up getting charged with, like, rape and shit. But he wasn't necessarily coming out being like, I want to murder people. So you had those guys who were all, at the time, for terrible allegations, but still, for the most part, you know, are known as more somewhat positive guys or I guess in a regular realm of rappers where it's not great but then you had 21 Savage and his whole thing was uh I'm going to kill you which is great because it wasn't hard it wasn't like you know like horror core rap but it was like all these other guys had like really fun music videos with like a lot of lights and then maybe not Kodak Black but then 21 Savage's music videos would just be, like, outside a shitty house in, like, the South, and it's just him and a bunch of guys with guns, and they're just like, I will kill you. And they talk a little bit about, like, maybe drugs and having money and stuff like that, but a lot of it is just, I mean, that's the scariest thing, where it's like, when a rapper's like, I'm getting money, like, they have a goal. They have a plan, they have something that they want to do. They're, what they're doing is leading somewhere. Even if they're like, I'll kill you to get your money. 21 Savage has a lot of that, but he also did a lot of just like, I would like to murder you. So that's what I don't understand with him and Drake being friends because Drake is always just like, you don't like me. Like Drake is always like not getting over somebody, but then also being like petty about it where he's like, well, you actually love me and that's that's your problem is you l- love me too much. And it just sounds like your friend who's, like, in denial that his girlfriend is gone. You know what I mean? Where he's like, no, she left me because I was just too cool for her. And they're like, no, dude, you were, like, just, you just didn't make her happy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if Drake understands the concept of people falling out of love. I feel like Drake has never stopped loving any woman that he has dated or had sex with. There's no way that Drake is able to get over people because he's, I mean, what is a certified lover boy, right? Yeah, that was his like new, he's just telling people he's a lover boy. But the, the thing is, he's a homophobic pedophile. I love McConan. We all remember I love McConan. He was great. He had the fun songs. They were a lot better than the LMFAOs. He was good. I love McConan. Still making music. From the South. I think he was from Atlanta, I feel like. 
right? I feel like, I don't know. But if you don't remember, I Love McConan was going up on a Tuesday. And he was like, just, uh, you know, like pretty fun. Um, and he got signed to Drake's label. And then he came out as bisexual. And then Drake dropped him from his label pretty much immediately. And that was somehow before a time, because it was, I don't know, seven years ago, where that would be immediately talked about. Drake still has such a stranglehold on the industry that today I don't even know if that would get mentioned still, even though that's those things are talked about way more than they were even at that time. But he dropped him immediately from the label, which sounds closeted as hell of Drake, to be frank. Drake's like, I can't have this guy on my team living his best life and being honest with himself about what he wants in this world. I would like to continue lying to myself and surround myself with yes men and not people who actually want to forward themselves emotionally and spiritually. That's my view. He just dropped him. And Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown, Stranger Things. I think she's 18 now, and and boy must Drake be happy. Or probably with his sick brain pissed. Uh, maybe he has no interest with her anymore. Um, is any of this really necessarily substantiated? Not necessarily. Uh, but will I continue making these claims? 100%. Um, but he was texting her. We know he was texting her. Somehow messages of theirs got leaked. I don't even know if they're leaked. Maybe one of them just posted it. But there was a time when Millie Bobby Brown was like 14 to 16. And Drake had her number and was texting her. And if you are watching this and you said, well, what was he texting her? No. No. Because if you found out that your friend was uh, texting, you know, Kim Jong-il, you wouldn't be like, hey, what are you texting? You'd ask if it, that would be second question. But first off, you'd probably be like, hey, man, uh, you can't you can't be texting the dictator of North Korea like that's not cool. People don't like that. You shouldn't talk to him. Like, nobody was really off the bat. Nobody was really that curious what Dennis Rodman was going to do with Kim Jong-il. Afterwards, everybody had a lot of questions. Once he came back, everyone was like, all right, what happened over there? It's also funny because his answer was like, we had a great time. We had a great time. I like how he talks. He's very, like, very mumbled. He's a gentle giant. But he was just texting Millie Bobby Brown. How? And and if you talk to Drake, he would make you feel like you are evil for even saying that. No. How? What, what do you get from texting a 14-year-old? Hey, I love Stranger Things. Thanks. I'm doing homework on the set right now. Ha, ha, ha. I wish I could help you with You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I don't want to talk to kids. Not privately. What kind of maniac wants to talk to a child privately? My girlfriend has a kid. I'll hang out with them together, and it's fun. Very funny kid. Very smart. Able to joke around with them. It's great. Do you know what I don't want to do? Text him. Do you know what I don't want to do? Hang out with him when his mom's not around. It's those pedophiles that are like, oh, yeah, it's like, dude, you talk to Millie Bobby Brown, you don't know Millie's parents? You shouldn't talk to her. You know how you should talk to Millie? You're over their house for dinner. You're eating with her parents. And then Millie comes out and you say, hi, Millie. And then you eat with fucking adults like a normal person. How did he get... You know what I'm wondering? How does Drake get Millie Bobby Brown's number? How unaware would he be? Like, was he just on the set of Stranger Things? Did she come to a show and then he's like, let me get your number? Which is crazy because she, you know, now she's older, so maybe people aren't keeping tabs on her. But how at that time, she must have had security guards or handlers or maybe her own parents around her at all times. Like, at every moment. She probably had somebody around her 
being like, hey, what's Millie up to? And that was probably a real lapse in judgment by the handler. You imagine like he's just sitting there and then Drake's like, hey, can I get your number? And then in his head, he's like, can I? Like, that's Drake asking. Or maybe it maybe it just slipped his mind completely. He was like, nah, you know, and then he's driving Millie home and he's like, I let you give your number to a guy that's like in his 30s. That's like really rich and powerful and definitely has a huge amount of unchecked power and undeserved trust from the world. I don't know if you guys are aware, but sometimes musicians are given a little too much trust by the general public and they abuse it sexually. I've said this on almost every podcast I've ever been on. Drake's a pedophile. And every time every time I say that, my co-hosts or whoever I'm on the podcast with will say, oh, well, how do you know that? And I tell them the Millie Bobby Brown, and they go, well, you know. And I go, well, well, well. That is the rest of my argument, but I think it's a pretty good one. I think, for some reason, with celebrities, people have more questions about stuff, which I guess makes sense because the celebrity world is a little different. Obviously, it's different, but I'm saying in terms of who's hanging out with each other, I guess it is like comedy where I have older friends. I get that. But at the same time, if your 30-year-old friend was like, yeah, I've been texting this 14-year-old, you'd be like, oh, my friend's a pedophile. And then if he was like, no, we're just gabbing. You'd be like, my friend's definitely a pedophile. But then Drake just is like, I need a one dance. And everyone's like, ah, oh, it's probably fine. Oh, I'm sure it's okay. I'm sure that's not completely unhealthy at the very least. At the very least, that kind of behavior points to a problem with Drake. He shouldn't seek out those kinds of relationships. If he has them, he should end them. You know why Drake needs Millie Bobby Brown's number? I don't know, so his aunt can meet the cast. Maybe. Maybe. You know? Maybe. There's an Amber Alert on my phone? Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, Stuff got derailed because my phone gave me a warning that there's going to be a there could be a flash flood which I don't know what to do I live on the second story of an apartment I guess as long as the apartment doesn't sink I called off work tonight that's probably good a flash flood warning is just like should I go get to higher ground? What what am I supposed to do? I don't think I should leave is probably the answer, right? Flash flood? The fuck am I supposed to do? I think, I don't know. That warning should go to people who aren't idiots because when you give it to me, it just scares me and that's that makes me feel bad. Sorry about that. Drake is a pedophile, and he's he's being protected by the music industry. But the new thing with him saying all that fucked up shit on the new album might mean that somebody's uh, somebody's favor is being less curt. You know what pisses me off about it too, though, is Drake has been known as a nerd. And made fun of for so long. For just being weird. And even the Millie Bobby Brown thing he was just kind of made fun of for. When it's like... Wait, so... We're just... He's a fucking nerd? And we're just letting him be a pedophile? Which is like, are we keeping him around to make fun of him? But it's like... You know, I guess it's the Twitter that I'm on is not fucking nerds that listen to Drake, but a huge swath of the world does. And, you know, I think those record companies have a lot to do 
with what information stays or even reaches the public eye. So, pretty good chance that uh, Drake is going to continue having a long run and maybe just completely get away with it, which is so weird because it's like, if what I'm saying is true, which do I have uh, any actual evidence of it? No. Is there maybe a part of me that wants to be one of the first to say it? Sure. But it's like he could just be hurting people this whole time. And it's we're only allowing it to happen because of the money that he makes. Which is the same as like Jimmy Savile is that that British radio host that volunteered in old people's homes and he he sexually abused and, and raped everyone from children to old people of all genders and shapes and sizes and donated all this money and and they and it was known that he was at least a philanderer that it was like oh jimmy likes the women it turned out jimmy liked anybody uh that was in any kind of vulnerable position of less power and uh, which was uh, pretty easy for him because he was so powerful and had access to a bunch of vulnerable people and it's like in many ways they knew it was happening and they allow it to happen because he makes money because people like him, you know, it's like, I guess it does go back to money, but it's like, it's also like, what is, there's this victim list that's just stacking up, just all these victims that are stacking up, and what do we get from it is just, I need a one dance, the bodies, the bodies, the bodies, and, and, and what do we get, hotline bling, Hotline bling. That's enough to make people forget. But, you know, people just really don't care. I mean, they, you know, Trump said a lot of wild shit. And it's, uh, you know, he's friends with Jeffrey Epstein. Nobody, you know, cared. People care, which is, it really shows you the power of, I guess, like those, you know, the the people making money off of, you know, the connection between some of those record companies and media conglomerates and... Stuff like that. I don't know. Drake's gay? How about that? Is Drake gay? I don't know. Walk walk with me. I think that's why he hates I Love McConan. Maybe he feels a certain lack of power that he can't come out and be who he really wants to be. Would you be so surprised? I know I wouldn't be. I know I wouldn't be. I, I'm i a Drake truther, and I will be until the day I die. I'm not going to let Drake, let Drake get away with it. I guess I am. That would be really be a lot of work, and would probably just I would probably just end up getting sued or, and killed. Could you imagine if I went after Drake... And really took this to a national stage and really tried to investigate him and, you know, found out that Drake was a pedophile. And then because of that, I was killed. Can you imagine how embarrassing it would fucking be to get killed for Drake? Like, it's so much more embarrassing than getting killed for the Clintons, you know what I mean? At least with the Clintons, the moment before you die, you're like, whoa... This has been all part of some kind of conspiracy, you know, or at least there are conspiracies at play. Maybe that's the kind of annoying part is that like, you know, there's like maybe not a fully unified group of people, but there are just a bunch of people in power that will kill, you know. That's probably more the truth of it. And then I guess the group comes into play when um, you tell each other that you kill people and then maybe and then maybe that's your crew you know I don't know if it's necessary I don't think they have a name for sure I probably I'll tell you what if I made an international group of uh, pedophile politicians I'd probably say no name probably just go guys let's not Let's not give anything, let's not give anybody anything to hold on to. 
maybe not have a fixed location either. That that seems like it bites you in the butt with like the Bohemian Grove and the Epstein Island. You know, all this stuff is like you you're you're really giving people a lot to uh to hold on to, you know what I mean? You're it's really a, a little too much to add to the picture. I don't know. I've been telling this new joke. It's about um how newish joke. It's it's about how uh I think that having had sex with men, more explicitly having been fucked by a man, only once still with God, um, you know, the penis in my butt, uh, has given me more consideration for women during sex. And uh that I think that you know, only if you want to, that it's worth it as a man to uh to get fucked in the ass and that it's made my sex life better and I feel like it's made me more considerate of my girlfriend and that she feels cared for. And it seems like parts of the joke go okay. But sometimes it just seems like the mention of gay shit is enough to make most people take a step back. And some people are very obvious about it. Like, you'll you'll say, like, I have a line in the joke where I'm like, I don't know what it's like to be a woman in sex, but I have let a man fuck my ass, which is a bit of a shocker. I'm not sorry. No apologies. But I'll say that, and then sometimes guys will be like, <laughs> and then they kind of can't handle it, or they act weird, which I almost appreciate, because then I can look at them and maybe ask them some questions and kind of talk them through it makes me uncomfortable when there's a guy that I say that and then he just kind of crosses his arms and all of a sudden does this thing where it seems like he's just trying to get through it while at the same time thinking so much about every word I'm saying and it's like very confusing and weird. But yeah, I have this joke about me doing gay shit and um, I recently added a part where I say um, at the beginning, I say if I tell a joke about doing gay shit are you guys going to be fucking faggots about it? And it makes the crowd laugh, and I think it maybe gets the point across. I think sometimes with comedy, I like to believe that you can't just tell people what to do. Sometimes it feels as though you can at least tell them what's going to happen, and then they can make a choice. And most of the time, I think people might choose to just kind of go along with it, you know? But it is a weird thing to do comedy... And they tell you to be honest. And then you're honest, and sometimes when you're honest, you run into other people's prejudices. Prejudice? I went to a, uh, I went to a casino with uh, Eric Griffin. Went to a casino with him, opened up for him, and uh, did 15 minutes in front of 400 uh, mostly Trump supporters packed into a bingo hall. And um, I told a joke about uh, being pansexual. And I described it as uh, it's the same as bisexual. You just fuck everybody and you're godless. And when I said that, a woman in the crowd yelled out, that's awful. Now, did the godless part maybe hit her more? Sure. But I think it's pretty safe to say it was at the very least a combination of the two. And I did get a laugh off of saying this, but I, I looked at her and I just responded. And I said, wow, that's like a really mean thing to say. But it's funny because uh, when people say stuff like that, like her saying it's godless, she also smiled after. Like uh, like with the, with the homophobia, especially when it's from a place of like uh, like Christianity, those people are amped. They're amped the same way like a dude on love on the spectrum is excited to tell his date about his cat. You know, they're like, I love my cat. And this homophobic person's like, I hate gays. Do you hate gays too? I like that. I don't like them. You know, it's like that. They're really excited about it. Because I think sometimes when the, like the, the, if a priest is like, God hates gay people, her telling me it's awful to do gay shit is her being like, I'm spreading the good word. 
because she was amped to say it. And I've had that happen before to a worse extent. Only once, really. But um, I was at a Cinderblock bar in Orange, California called Froggies. And I told that same joke. And I started off that joke by just saying, I'm bisexual. And when I did that, the entire crowd went, Ugh! And then a girl in the front row said, Don't do it. Which is very funny to see the way people try and do the right thing. I couldn't even be mad at her. She was That was her way of caring about me, by saying like, Hey, they're not going to like it, just don't do it. And I looked at her, and I looked at the rest of the crowd, and I said, Guys, I've been working on the joke for months. It is funny. I'm still going to do it. You can beat me up after if you want, but I'm going to do the joke. And that got him to laugh. And then I did the joke, and they didn't learn a thing, which is good. That wasn't my point, and they had fun. And that's, you know, what's funny, I think the problem is now, it's like with the word woke and stuff, is people think that if a person talks about doing gay shit on stage, that they're all of a sudden going to start getting mad at everybody. And it's like, dude... I'm just talking about sucking dick. It's not a belief system. It's just an action that for some reason correlates to this humongous identity that we've created. But I I kind of exit myself out of that, mostly because I haven't struggled at all with really any homophobia besides those two instances and then a general otherness on stage when I talk about that shit. So I've never really had to be in the closet, suffer through that, then have any moment of like, I'm out now, and then being very, I don't know, flamboyant. I think that's maybe where a lot of it's celebrating the self. I don't necessarily have to celebrate my sexuality. I could, of course, I think in a lot of ways I do, by fucking. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have any kind of uh, reaction to the world in my sexuality, as, as much as it's just a thought. But it, but it is, uh, it it is odd because it kind of just opens your eyes up to the way that people waste time, you know. But really, it's I act in a way that people think is straight, which I hope that all of the talk we're having now about acceptance and being who you are will get to a point where a guy that looks like me can come up to you and be like, "I'm gay," and people be like, "That makes sense." I'm pansexual, which I think is way more annoying than gay. But it's like, this might be the future, you know what I mean? Then again, I don't want that flamboyance to leave, and I think that's just innate in a lot of people. I don't know. But it is weird to um, to be, you know, straight passing, they call it, because it's like a surprise that nobody is really that excited about, which I guess people shouldn't be excited about, but I feel like... Older gay people, if they find out that I'm, like, queer, they're like, oh, fun, you know, and they, they, I don't know if they necessarily like it, but I've definitely had people be like, oh, you're one of a, you know, and they're supportive, I guess. But younger queer people almost have a certain, which is so funny, but they have a, they seem to have somewhat of a surface level kind of want for uh, an aesthetic more than really just uh, being true to yourself. So, like, you know, I've been on shows with a lot of gay comics, and sometimes I feel like um, I don't really fit in. Like, I'm not fitting the bill enough. Which then sometimes, you know, it's not like I have a bad set, but I do feel like, you know, sometimes even if I do well, it's like, oh, that's funny that, you know, it's like you're, you're just acting, you're acting different from people. I did have a bad set one time because uh, two hilarious, very flamboyant gay men went up after me before me at a gay bar. And the crowd, I don't think was gay people. It's mostly just like young, straight women who think they're gay men. Um, and I, I wasn't doing that well, and I could feel my, the first two jokes, they just wasn't doing that well, and I could feel, I could feel that I wasn't the party that they wanted to be at. And then at one point I was like, you know, guys, I suck dick too, you can laugh at me. And then they laughed. And, uh, but then the problem is I just kind of kept reverting to it, where I'm like, oh, I'm not the guy you want to see. So maybe literally uh, every single thing is completely in my head. 
But I don't know. I, maybe I haven't tried enough to be in the community and I'm actually just othering myself. But there is a funny thing where I feel like I I do have a a certain deep connection with any you know queer person, especially queer men, because the struggles of queer people are very different based on you know whatever gender identity you are. But you know I do have that. But maybe I haven't you know explored the real community of it outside of sex which i can still you know do even though i'm uh once again back with god and with a woman you know Cause some dudes are like gay some dudes are so gay it's like it's their job like like if they're not gay they're not making any money or something you know what i mean it's like some dudes are just fucking gay like just like it's fucking paying the bills gay you know and I I reside in a different place than that but you know maybe I need some more of it but it is it is funny doing shows because for the most part this is really truly anybody in the queer community, I think any kind of community that has any history of oppression is usually pretty cool to, to everybody else, to each other. You know what I mean? Or even if I'm not close, I can sort of see in their eyes that they're like, yeah, he's he's got that juice in him. He's got that gay juice, you know? Um, but it's, it's, the, it's the straights that you get to see uh, where people's prejudices lie. Because people that you know, really don't like gay people. Um, it's like a terrible surprise for them when they find out that I do anything gay. It's it is such a bummer of a surprise because they like it's like it's like they thought I was you know a Miller Lite, but it turns out I'm a non-alcoholic O'Doul's beer. You know what I mean? They're like this whole time you've just been lying to us. How could you do this? How could you? I mean, truly, people will feel betrayed by, like, your own identity, which is hilarious, you know? I guess. I, I don't know what else to call it besides that. It's absolutely very funny that people are truly bothered by it. You know, but I mean, it's luckily we luckily the way comedy works is you can just have fun with it, deal with it on stage. And I think I have a certain privilege of not having a history of having homophobia spewed at me. So I can, you know, find ways to not really internalize it too much and take it too hard, you know, can find ways to do that. But at the end of the day, you still get paid for the show. And that's what's exciting, that you're still getting money. And I guess that's almost the funniest part of the whole thing, is that you come into a town, you come into Calusa, and you go to the casino. It's an hour outside of Sacramento. You fly there, fly there. You drive an hour to the casino. You sleep over. You, you do your set. And if they fucking hate you, you just leave, which I think is so funny that they might remember you and they only remember you specifically. And I don't know any of them. I just know what they looked like as a group. And you just come in and you're like, I suck dick. And some of them are like, Mah. and then you just leave. That being said, the joke went fine, you know. I, I'm never hateful, you know what I mean? I always want people to have a good time. I try and have fun with everybody. But it is a very funny thing to walk into a place and say things that people are kind of not ready for and then just be like, all right, I'm going to go fly 500 miles away, you know what I mean? And then you're just gone. You're just out of there, you know? It's a pretty, It's a pretty good time sometimes, you know? I don't know. 
I don't know. It's uh it's it's you know crazy when you realize like what some what kind of what gay men go through because of the way it's been like taboo. Like when I was uh before I had a girlfriend a few years ago, I was on Grinder and I saw this one guy. And I was like, well, his, you know, I talked to him and he sent me a picture of his penis. And I was like, well, that penis looks okay. His face is all right. Let's go over, see what that's about. He was a little older. I realized that he was about 10 years older. And I thought when I looked at the app, once I got to his house, I was like, ooh, that's not really what I do. And uh, got to his house, walked in the door. Here's the problem. I walked in the door because he said, I'm in the shower. Just open the door, which I don't like. I was like, you said you were, come on. You knew I was coming over. What is this? I come over. He's like, open the door. Just go to my room to the right. And uh, I walk in the door, and there's a child under the age of 10 sitting at the table doing homework, who I assume was his roommate's child. Already in my mind, I'm like, I don't think I'm staying. I think I'm probably going to leave. But I also don't know where his room is. I can't really tell. I don't see him. So I look at that child and I go, um, do you know where Henry is? And then that child looks at me with the face of, listen, man, I don't know what's going on, but I know shit's fucked. No. I don't know. He didn't say anything, but the answer was, please just pick a door and get out of here. So I pick a door. I can tell it's his room because there is a TV that is way too high up on the wall, practically just in the top corner of a room playing gay porn. And I'm like, all right, this is a little much. I feel like you're really driving the point home. He also has a a huge cube, just pipes connected. That really seems like a sex swing. The walls are also, also painted a really stupid blue that only an idiot that doesn't think about what it would look like blown up would buy. He's like, I'm in the shower. That's what he said. But there's a bathroom connected to his room. And I'm like, is he in the shower right now? Because I have to go pee. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going in there. So I go in. The shower's curtain is closed. And I'm like, is he in there? The shower's not on. Is he in there? And I'm just like, fuck it. So I open up the shower, and he is not in there. But what is in there is probably 12 of the largest dildos that I have ever seen. The ones that are, like, really sad. The ones that are, like, a few of them are, like, this big and, like, this thick. And a couple of them were, like, normal but still huge. And I looked at that, and I ain't been with a lot of guys. I've, I haven't been with that many. I feel like it's still under 10, the amount of guys, and only a few of them sex, so I, at that point, dude, it was before a lot of that, so I was like, I am not this gay. I am not, see a kid doing homework, talk to him, no response, gay porn on the TV, disgusting room, cube of pipes, maybe a sex swing, 12 dildos in the bathroom, don't even know where the guy is in the house, gay. It's not the fucking, you know, 50s, I don't need to take what I can get. At this point, I'm like, I'm leaving, but I'm also scared. Because what you didn't realize when you fuck women is that when you're in a position where you're supposed to, what was agreed upon to fuck a man, is you're like, man, if I tell this guy I don't want to fuck him, is he going to try and fight me? Do I have to fight a man right now? So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just wait. And he comes in the room. I realize pretty quickly he has a lazy eye that he has hidden in his pictures by just taking pictures when the eye is good. He has a lazy eye, much uglier than his picture, and he has fucking, like, what looked like track marks on his fucking arm, or a staph infection. Either way, I'm like, this is kind of bad news, Bears. We lay on the bed on our backs, we take off our shirts, and then, you know, he kind of starts to reach over, and then I just go, you know what? Uh, I can't do this. I'm new to this, and I'm nervous, and I have to go. And he was like, oh, okay, and he wasn't the kind of guy that would get angry, but he was like, oh, okay, and I was like... I'm going to go and just sort of didn't have a long conversation, got in my car and drove away. And the feeling of being in that car was so exciting. I was like, dude, fuck yeah. Dude, fuck yeah, it's good to be in this car. And then I went home and maybe jacked off. I don't know. And uh, 
but that's the kind of position that you don't find straight people a lot in. You know what I mean? And is it all a choice? Sure. Those choices are made by a sort of uh, way of going about things in the gay community that was created due to the fact that it was so taboo and then had to be this secret thing. So you kind of just have these, I don't know, just these weird situations where you have, you know, grinder where you really don't know somebody. You just sort of know what they look like and you both pick each other like menu items. You know what I mean? That being said, that's not representative of gay love. That's not what gay love is at all. That's that's gay hookup culture, which is just a lot more direct than straight hookup culture in a lot of positive ways, too. But I've never, you know, gone to someone's house for a one-night stand and then talked to a very sad child when it comes to a lady, you know? I've never had that happen, you know? I've never sucked a woman's dick in a parking lot, and then got in caught. Getting caught for gay stuff is very funny. It feels like the 70s. One time I was in the back of a Ralph's parking lot. Me and this guy were pretty much fully naked, just jerking each other off. I was starting to go down on him, and then just got a knock at the door. And I think it must be so funny for a security guard to see people in the back of a car. And just maybe just because most people are straight, you know, sees people in the back of a car, and he's like, oh, some young couple hooking up. And then you come up and you're like, oh, shit, it's two dudes. Or he's like, hell yeah, two dudes, you know what I mean? Like, that must be pretty wild to just come up and be like, oh, damn, gay shit. Oh, damn, the guy's... And it's... I'll tell you what, you never feel more gay than when you're getting caught sucking dick in a in a Ralph's parking lot by the security guard. You really never do. That's pretty, that's, that's, uh, peak feeling gay, I'll tell you that much. That's about as gay as you might feel, you know what I mean? You feel like you're really doing the work, you know? I don't know. Older gay guys are always so nice, you know, and they always want to, you know, I haven't really hooked up with older gay guys, but I just mean to speak to, they're always so nice, and they like to tell you history, because, you know, so much of it died with all of their fucking friends that nobody talks about. And this this practical, you know, genocide by negligence that happened with AIDS and Reagan and everything. They, they want to talk about their history in ways that are fucking hilarious. One time I was at this gay bar on the east side of L.A. And it's my first time going to a gay bar. And I walked in and I was like, it was mostly women. And I was like, what the fuck? What's happening here is young, white, presumably straight women. And I was like, what the fuck? And I walked outside, I went up to the bouncer, and I was like, hey, you know, I don't know how to say this, but um, I noticed there's a lot of women in there, which I fucking knew he would have a great answer to. I knew he would have a hilarious, true, and on-point answer. And I said that, and then he said, uh, this has been a problem for a while. And I was like, yeah? <laughs> he was like, yeah. Yeah, no, these places, you know, used to be more for dudes, obviously. Not saying lesbians can't come, but just most of, most of the time a gay bar is a dude gay bar, you know. He's like, but now it's just places like this bar. It's not so much of a gay bar as much as it's it's more a, it actually almost becomes a woman-friendly bar, if anything. That's the attraction of it, you know. And he explained how this place used to be so much more wild. He was like, there's a room upstairs. It's an office now. But it was a fuck room. And I was like, what's a fuck room? I bet I know. And he was like, it was a room where if you met a guy at the bar, you could go up to that room and you could fuck that guy. Which is because gay shit was so taboo that it's like, if you meet the guy at the bar, it kind of makes sense for the gay bar to be like, don't leave with this guy. Don't go walk around on the street or go to your fucking apartment with a roommate who's going to call the cops, you know what I mean? Ruin your, like, call your manager and get you fired, you know? Just stay here and fuck, you know? Multiple fucking the same, you know? But now it's an office, and my friend actually gets therapy there. So that's, you know, that's what happened, you know? That's, that's where the vibes went, you know? But, but the spirit is still alive, I go to this other bar in L.A. that's more of a, a leather bar, and it's I haven't been in a while. 
you know, I got a girlfriend. You can't you can't just be going to the gay bars that are wild. You feel weird. You're like, this is too sexual a situation. Not that there's not a lot of just genuine, nice conversation and, you know, brotherhood. But I remember, uh, you know, you think all that wild shit is lost. All, all boys being boys is lost. But it's really, it's not. I remember I was at, like, the 25th anniversary of this bar. And I was on the patio and I was like, can we do drugs out here? And then I looked around and there was a guy sucking another guy's dick just on the patio. And I was still like, I feel like people judge me more for the drugs. But just openly just blowing them aggressively. You know what I mean? It's so funny when you see a guy like, like a guy sucking dick and you think they might just kind of be doing it. But then the guy's like pushing his head and they're really in it. You're like, this man is really trying to come right now. Which I don't know if I could. That would be so distracting. But the point is, you know, things are alive and well. On that same night, that bar is very funny. Gay bars are hilarious because there's two bathrooms. One is a public men's... There's no woman's bathroom. One is a public men's bathroom that's just a trough where you pee with a mirror over it. And it's a place to just go and look at dick or, like, jerk each other off. And then the other bathroom is a private bathroom where they have a sign that says one person at a time because uh, obviously the private bathroom is where you graduate after the public bathroom. But my friend went to the public bathroom with the trough and there was a huge line. And when he went inside, he realized one guy was taking up a space at the trough, just putting his hand under guys' piss streams. And my friend went to pee and then the guy tried to put his hand under his piss stream. My friend kind of shuffled away and was like, no, I'm good. And then the guy was like, ugh, you know, he got pissed off, you know, but I, it's nice to have those bars. It, cause like, cause that par, they got just gay porn playing on the TV. You know what I mean? That's a place that like a woman would go into and be like, well, I don't feel in danger here, but I definitely don't feel like this is friendly to me. I definitely don't feel that. So it's just a bunch of uh, people with, you know, uh, very different, but uh, in their core, a somewhat similar way of viewing life and things. And that's pretty nice, you know, because I've never like fucked anyone when I've gone there, but I've had a lot of good times. I remember I was just playing pool with my shirt off with my four friends and nobody thinks anything about it. You know what I mean? Maybe people will look at you or whatever, but nobody thinks, you know, a single thing about it. You know, it's like if you were in a regular bar, people would be like, that's the craziest person here. But what's good about that bar is that it's hard to compete with openly sucking dick. You know what I mean? That being said, it was a crowded party. All right. There was a lot going on. It wasn't flagrant it was i mean there's kind of no way that a public dick suck is not flagrant but it was if you're gonna do it that was the time that was a hundred percent the time to do it and the man was taking advantage of his time and you know what he needed to do but you can just have a good time you know well that's probably going to be the episode today um drake's a pedophile Love you so much. Thank you for watching.